This is the same thing I've, I've noticed in very successful people is people that want all of you listening. You want to start a podcast. You want to start a business. You want to get in shape. You want, you want to do all these things. But then you come up with these excuses in your mind why you can't do them. Oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the, the office. I don't have the right camera. I don't have the right recording setup. This guy recorded out of, God knows what he used to record out of a VW van or whatever the fuck it was. The fucking van. It was an Atlas. It was an SUV. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Podcast of Determined Society. I have with me today one of my buddies here that this is actually the second time we had to record this episode because the last time there were some technical difficulties. And But you know what? We go with the fucking flow, and we're here, and we're going to get shit done. So I appreciate his willingness to hop on right away again and redo this only a couple of days later. So guys with me, I have an amazing entrepreneur that built his clothing line called till you collapse with a full sum of $300 with a family and not even knowing how the fuck he was going to grow it. So for the people that are sitting there right now and say that you can't grow something special and earn seven, eight figures and be approaching nine figures because you don't have the investment money, you're proven wrong. Cause I'm sitting right across from somebody virtually that I know, love, and respect that has done it. So without further ado, the big Persian daddy, Brian DeBavi, welcome to the show, baby. Yeah, the big Persian. And you said my name right now, so maybe it's better a second time. because now Did you I say it wrong the first time? I mean, a little bit. It's okay. Though. Did it? Fuck, man. It's weird. I got it wrong my whole life. I don't know. You can call me whatever the fuck you want. I mean, Bro, maybe it's because I was just too excited the first time. Perfect. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That was good. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. Doing it, man. The first call was amazing. Uh, yeah, dude. Talk again. Like I said, you know, right away for sure, because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man about taking action and getting shit done. And that's why I've gotten to where I've gotten. And I like talking to you. And, and I think our conversation was great. And if we can create something like we did before, people need to hear it. They're going to get a lot. From Absolutely. It. It's real and genuine what? between us, you know, so uh, I'm excited. It's always been like the really cool thing with my interaction with you. Cause you know, for those of you that are listening, I met Brian on Instagram and dude, I was like super small. I didn't really have much going on. It was just, I was trying to find a way to really network with amazing people like Brian that are visibly building real businesses because I wanted to learn. I wanted to watch. And, and more importantly, I wanted a network. And the thing that I always enjoyed about you, Brian, specifically is your willingness not to just communicate, but be real and authentic with me. And I just appreciate you so much for that, buddy. And another thing I'll do again, like I did last time is man, give you props because like I said, your growth that I've seen and everyone listening to this, um, this is the go-to man. I mean, look at his podcast now compared to two years ago when he messaged me. Uh, yeah, he was little. He barely had any followers. He barely had anything. And he's reaching out to these big name people. Not that I'm, I'm not a big name person. I don't feel like I'm shit, but you know, he's reaching out to these people with businesses and following. And, you know, I think then I had a couple hundred thousand followers and, you know, I have some kind of presence online and he had, God knows how many 50, let's say, you know, whatever. It wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, maybe it was more. If it was, I apologize. But I, <laughs> in two years, 
he's grown something. He's been, I see the interviews you put out, the people you interview, people that have been my mentors that are now my friends or people that are my friends. Um, and like I said, I'm just proud of you, dude. Congrats. Like you're doing oh, it. Thank you, man. Breathing it. And it's gone. It's been a year and a half to two years. You've taken great strides. And anyone listening to this, you can do that as well. This guy just decided this is what he wanted to do, and he fucking stuck with it, and he stayed consistent with it, posted shit like we talked about, taking videos, doing shit that he's <laughs> uncomfortable, that he sucks at, that maybe he's still not the best at, but he's still doing, and look at yeah. where he's doing in a, in a short amount, in, in our life, re- relatively a short amount of time. Really? Brother, I, I got to tell you, and for the people listening, that means a great deal coming from you. I, I know the circle you run in. I know who your mentors are. I know the presence that you have with certain people. Um, so to me, it just means a great deal, man. And, and, and quite honestly, I think the number that I had was maybe like around 1100, 1500 followers and, <laughs> or, you know, it was, it was a very small thing. And, and it's funny because, you know, you said something very specific there and it was about, you know, I kept grinding and I kept doing what I was doing, even though I really sucked at it. Mm-hmm. I want the audience to be very clear. You have to be willing to be shitty at something. And in the last year, I mean, dude, it hasn't even been a full calendar year. I went from recording my podcast in a Volkswagen freaking SUV, which I don't have anymore. um, Thank God. Um, Literally from recording in an SUV to being in the room with Bedros Koulian last week in less than one year. Yeah. So don't tell me, guys, that it can't be done. You just have to be, you have to spend so much time with yourself. And I'm sure, and I want to, I want to hammer down on this point, dude, because when you were building your, your company from $300, you had to spend a lot of time alone, but have extreme intentionality behind that time alone for you to grow something so massive. Right. So talk to us about that. I want you guys to listen to what he just said. And I'm going to piggyback on that because this is the same thing I've, I've noticed in very successful people is people that want all of you listening. You want to start a podcast. You want to start a business. You want to get in shape. You want, you want to do all these things. But then you come up with these excuses in your mind why you can't do them. Oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the, the office. I don't have the right camera. I don't have the right recording setup. This guy recorded out of God knows what he used to record out of a VW van or whatever the fuck it was. The fucking van. It was an Atlas. It was an SUV. Whatever. Okay, a little better. I almost said VW bug, but okay. Well, that would be sick, dude. Like, listen here. If you could get a retro fucking VW yeah. double bust, I'm sure there's one. I'm sure there's a stoner right around the corner from you somewhere in fucking Elk Grove that you can. But anyway, like if you like, dude, if you just can you think of the studio that you could put together inside that thing? Anyway. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) You guys are making excuses of why the fuck you can't start or you won't start. And he did whatever he had. He had to start his podcast in his budget. When I first started my brand with $300, I designed everything. It was dog shit. I used to take pictures on an iPhone 4. An iPhone 4 was my, 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 uh, my camera, my photography I was a photographer with an iPhone 4, and my backdrop was my bathroom. I made a podcast on, on it. I called it Bathroom to Ballers. My bathroom, because the only place in my house, like, you know, you see these professional photos, shoots have a white background. Well, me, my bathroom wall was the only place in my whole house that had enough white to look like a white backdrop. And I used to have to nudge up in the corner, 
and at the right angle so you couldn't see the toilet and you can also back at a weird angle. And that was my website pictures. That was my promotion pictures. That's how I promoted shit with the shittiest quality camera. I mean, iPhone 4 back then was good for a phone, but for photography, there's a lot better cameras for, for pictures. And that's what I did. And that's how I started the brand. And that's how I took pictures. And I didn't have all this money to go out and buy all this lavish setup and studio and shit. And everybody, I could have said, oh, I can't do it because my pictures won't look good. But I did it and I started selling and I started doing and I progress. And then you progress, you make a little money and you upgrade a little bit and you go. But there's no reason why you shouldn't start. Zero. Mm, right? So impactful, man. Like, dude, like how many amazing things wouldn't be here if that person just didn't start? Right. How many lives aren't impacted? Because of inaction. Inaction is your most expensive asset or whatever your liability, like in action. Why, why do you think people feel like, and I, and I, I have my own theory on why people sit there and to your point go, okay, I don't have the camera. I don't have this. Cause I could have easily not started my podcast. I was just ignorant and naive enough, right. To be like, fuck it. Like I heard anchor has an easy app. I'm just going to download it on my iPhone and I'm going to fucking record. Right. And I remember the first recording I ever done was the hor- the shittiest thing I've ever done. Yeah. The shittiest fucking thing I've ever done. It's my most listened to episode. Right. It's, you know, but it's like as bad as it was, it was done. Yeah. Why do people get stuck in the inaction? That's, that's what this society is about. Excuses. Mm. Everybody makes excuses about everything an excuse to why they can't do something or why something happened. They got to take accountability. Hey, take accountability for everything. And the the accountability is why you're not starting it, why you're not taking that action for whatever it is, fitness, business. It's it's all the same. It all boils down. The excuses stem from fear. Everybody's fearful of fucking losing. Mm. And you're going to lose. The problem is, and I tell people this all the time, you're going to lose more than you win. And you have to lose to win. You can't win without losing. In every aspect of life, because like we talked about, that loss gives you experience, that loss gives you knowledge that builds you as a person and mold you to be able to handle that win at the higher level. You won't be able to handle the win at the higher level if you're this lower level person that has zero experience. Mm. Not in that weird place that I'm too scared, I'm not going to do anything, then years pass by and they wish and they have regret and then it just snowballs into a horrible thing. Dude, I feel like the world would not be able to handle if you and I lived in the same area. I know. Like, because I... we would be lighting people up. Like, here's the thing. Like, just like you said, fear. Like, everybody fears failure. Like, failure is the devil. No, failure is your friend. Yeah. And if you understand him or her well enough, because we have to fucking, you know, whatever nowadays, it could be her. Um, the The bottom line is, Failure is your indication that you're onto something. And if you stop because of the paralysis that is onset by not wanting to fail, you're fucking cooked. And guess who, guess who's going to lose out more than anybody is your children. If you have children, like they're going to see you being an absolute asshole and not trying anything. And they're going to end up doing something low level in their life and not having any money 
And sorry, guys, like money's essential. If you want to have some type of freedom to be able to go do cool shit with your family and live life on your own terms, you need fucking money. So if you're sitting here thinking that, well, money isn't everything, the fuck it's not. It ain't going to give you happiness. You could be the richest person in America or on the planet. You could be the most miserable person at the same time. But my point is money is not the root of all evil. The definition of money is the root of all evil, Mm -hmm. right? So what you guys need to understand is that failure, that fear of failure has to drive you into positive action. So for me, like I, you know, again, like no one's, no one's like, what is that? Um, immune to failing. Mm -hmm. I had seven sales calls last week. I sold zero. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Who cares? But you know, it wasn't the right time. The sales calls, you got better. You got more experience. It happens, man. Like the excuses, dude. Like I just, I, it bothers me because there's so many people right now out there that refuse to step into their greatness for an excuse. Well, you know, it's ingrained, especially as we progress in society, everyone gets a participation trophy. Nobody really loses. Everybody wins. Mm -hmm. So the fact that losing is just such a scary thing because nobody loses anymore. There's no losers. There's only winners or second winners or participation trophies. Fuck that. There's a winner and there's a loser. You win or you lose. Dude, I can't, I like, I can't remember what it was like in little league, but I don't remember ever getting part. I don't know. Maybe like at the end of the year, you got a little shitty trophy, yeah. but if you won, yeah. if you were the best team in the league, that bitch was huge. Yeah. Right. So there was a big differentiator of what kind of trophy you were getting. Now everybody's got to have the same trophy. It sounds like communism. My or kids, socialism. My kids, I got my socialism. Sorry. I got, it's such ingrained in my, my boys and like my boys have gotten like second place tournament trophies and stuff like that. And like, they don't even want to wear the trophy, like you take a team picture and they're like holding it with a bad, a ba- bad look on their face. All the other kids yeah. are I'm all like, yeah, my kids are like pissed. And like, you know, they don't even like hang them up, but like, that's, that's how you breed, you know, that old school value, those old school ethics that is, is going by the wayside. Like, you know, there's winners. Yeah. Your word is your bond. Treat people how you want to be treated. You know, like all the old school stuff, like that these new generation, I don't feel like have it's, it's, and it's us as parents, us as parents, it all boils down to that. It's not the kid's fault. It's no. the parents' fault. It's the parents' fault of, you know, being like, if you're a parent, our job is to teach these kids and be an example of everything mm-hmm. we expect. So as a parent, all these parents aren't examples of these values. They don't teach their kids these values. So, I mean, yes, it's aggravating to see these kids and how they are, but they also respond. I've coached teams and I've been around kids of all types. And I've noticed how quick they respond to someone like me, a leader that takes charge and guides them and and, and is a strong figure, even just mm-hmm. barely from the outside in. I notice how kids' attitudes change their personality right. rather quickly, rather than a parent that's, not really showing up as a parent where almost like I noticed this and it aggravates me because kids are everything. And I do the best I can. Like I said, I, and I'm around as much as I can, as much as, as busy as I am, but I make sure I'm present as fuck. I'm there and I'm yeah. really impactful on what I represent and what I teach them by what I show them and also how I communicate and talk to them. Right. Love it. And then you get these, you get these parents almost aggravated by their kids, like annoyed by their kids taking up their time 
go to your room and get on video games, go to your room and get on iPad. I need my me time. Like motherfucker, I understand, but you shouldn't have been a parent. Like, like this is your responsibility raising these kids. And my kids are my everything Mm -hmm. who they are and what they develop in is, is my main goal. Right? Like they come like before me, I, you know, I have to come before me and this is something I struggle with. Whereas like, I need to be healthy. I need to be loved. I need to be happy with myself. And I, I do a good job at that, but I will die for them. I will, I will stay up 22 hours a day if I have to. It means me doing something for these children because mm-hmm. they're my mission. They're my, they're my everything. And that's being a parent. The second I held that baby, that was a responsibility of mine. And I, you know, you know the same thing, but I just don't get how parents are. Like they try to blame the kids. Well, motherfucker, who are the kids learning from? Yeah, dude, it's, it's so, it's so like you, you're a bad example. Like mm-hmm. kids, yeah, kids have different personalities, but like us as parents, we got to take responsibility. Like we're molding this person, what we do and don't do with these kids. Right. So impactful, dude. Like I want to touch on something you mentioned, you know, um, you know, parents being super short with their children and, you know, snippy with them. Hey, go to your room, play the iPad, get on, play a video game. Fuck. I need my me time. You know, quite honestly, that all stems from uh, being unhappy with yourself and how you, how you attack your own day. If you wake up and the first thing in the morning that you do is break your word to yourself, how the fuck are you going to take care of your kid? You can't do it. There's, there's no one on the face of this earth that can refute that with any type of an intelligible response that says, Hey, I can let myself fucking slide and still be good to my family, especially my kids. You can't because you don't even have any self-love. And guess why I'm saying this for those of you that are triggered right now, I'm saying, cause I'm fucking been there. You know, and, and, and there's times, there's times in my adult life, I'm 44 years old. I go in and out of that fucking thing. I get so focused on building the show, making the show the best it possibly can be staying up late at night, Dr. Google, find ways to engage people, whatever it is, how to get this person on my show. Who does this person know? Who does that person know? How can I leverage it? Like motherfucker, the bottom line is when I do that and I just give so much time to that specific tax task. The next morning, I don't wake up at 4 a.m. And if I don't wake up at 4 a.m., I don't go to the gym because my life is too busy in the morning. I have three beautiful children that I want to cook breakfast for and be around. Okay. And in those breakfast moments suck when I'm unhappy with myself. So parents, if you're finding yourself, right, going around, being super reactive to your beautiful children. First of all, understand they didn't like my wife always tells me they did not ask to be here. Yeah. You chose for them to be here. You made a choice to have children. Right. And so here's the thing. When you, when you, when you snap at your kid, ask yourself, where's this coming from? How is your relationship with yourself contributing to this horse shit? 100%. 100%. Fires me up, man. If you're not yourself, so everybody, figure out how you become happy. Stop neglecting yourself. Stop just fucking, fucking, what's the word I'm looking for? Drifting through the day. Yeah. Mindlessly, aimlessly, nine to five, hating your job, giving 50% effort. But then again, you hate your life because you don't drive a Lambo and you don't have nice things and your bank account's <laughs> negative. Well, it's on me. Like mm-hmm. I, I talk about all the time. There's so many things in this life that fall on ourselves. As far as look at what I built. I barely graduated high school. 
I built a seven-figure company barely knowing what I was doing, just figuring out on my own because I have the core principles, work ethic. I take action. Mm -hmm. I'm disciplined as fuck. I'm consistent as fuck. Those are just basic things that you control every day. Every day you fucking wake up, you put your feet on the floor, you control that day, the amount of hustle and heart you put in that day. How much hustle and heart are you putting into every single day of your life? Are you giving your passion, your soul, your everything, your attitude? Some people say attitude and effort. I like to say hustle and heart. Every day you fucking touch the ground, you make a conscious decision. I'm going to go into this day and I'm going to give how much of my hustle, your work ethic, your effort, and like till you collapse, still falls in the, the same thing. Till you collapse, how much hustle and heart are you putting? A hundred percent effort every day. Do you leave it all on the field, in the office, in the gym, in your bedroom, in your relationship? Are you exhausted? Did you leave it all on the field? Or did you? Did you, did you take advantage of the gratitude of having another, another chance at this thing called life? And did you give your all into everything? Or did you kind of just 40% it like most people out there and barely fucking did any effort, anything you do? And it's every single day, guys. It's day by day. Start looking at the days. Start winning the days. And those add up very quickly. And you start doing that. You start making progress. And it's in everything you do. Start taking, like, people, like, the little things matter just as much, if not more, than the big things. Because the little habits, the little efforts, they, 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 they reflect who you are at a core. And then you do that in everything you do. You can't just be that way with something big. And then the little things you're not that way with. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. See that, that right there is the secret, right? We talk about, um, you know, certain like facets of life, right? Whether it's your fitness, you know, then you have your spirituality, your relationship, your finances, um, or even dreams you may have. How you go, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So let me be very, very clear. Um, if you're struggling in your business, you're probably struggling in your nutrition. If you're struggling in your nutrition, you're probably struggling to get your workouts in. If you're struggling to get your workouts in, you're probably struggling in your relationships because now your cortisol level and your stress level is so damn fucking high that you are just a you are a nuclear bomb. And and I've been that guy. And like I feel like 2022 was just a lot of me going in and out of those things to a point where I realized like, hey, like I really need to make a consistent change. Like Where's the dude that used to do 75 with his eyes closed? Like, where's, where's Sean at? So by the way, today's day one. I really don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to. Let me be very clear to you, Brian, and to everybody on here. Like, I do not like doing 75 hard. The reason I do not like doing 75 hard because it brings out a perfectionist complex in, uh, in me that is not good for me. So it's an opportunity to run towards it and say, okay, how can I navigate it this time? How can I be better through it this time? How can I take that 75 hard, no, no excuses, no compromise into my relationship with my wife, into my relationship with my kids, right? So for me, like that is everything. And, you know, you and I talk a lot about, you know, how our children see us and, and the examples we make. In fact, we've talked about it just here in this specific conversation, like, and dude, 
it quite honestly, it starts at the dinner table. It starts at the breakfast table. You and I both pride ourselves in being present for meals with the family. What does it mean for your children, your wife, and for you within your family unit um, to eat meals together? I mean, it's everything. I mean, it's something that we have no compromise in. Um, we never have. Like, everybody notices. The funny thing is, is we do it every night. We've done it every night. Even back in the day, um, when I first started my first company, when I was literally working 20-hour days, working a full-time gig, then coming home and working another full-time gig, the only, the one only thing I did, as little time as I got with them, the one only thing we did was we had dinner together. Mm-hmm. And it was literally probably the least back in those days when I was building and, and both were going on. It was the only thing I made sure we didn't compromise because, you know, when you're in your phases, the whole concept of balance is going to change and you go through phases. When you're building something, there's not much balance. There just can't yeah. because, you know, something has to give. Like, you know, if, if, you, if you're all, all family, then your business or, or you know, the, the time towards that. So, so something is always given from giving, you know, whether, whatever it has to be. But when I was in that phase, the one thing that didn't, even though our time was probably, that was probably the only hour, 30 minutes we got together mm-hmm. yeah. all, day, all day in a 24-hour period. But it was together. It was talking. It was asking how your day was, asking your your high, your low, your days, and just communicating and being there, you know. And that's always been there. And that's something I told myself would always be there. And that's really, it's crazy because it doesn't sound like it's that big a deal. But um, I've seen a study where they were saying, like, it's something about, I forgot what the study was, but it was a study. And the, the, the numbers were crazy. For families that have that family unit dinner every night mm-hmm. versus families that didn't, and it was like 75% different in a negative way for families that don't have that family dinner together. Mm. So as much as you think, oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, it's, it's just, it is a big deal. Like just that time with your family, with your kids, the communication, the structure and something they can look forward to. Because I notice I don't go out of town much. I don't travel much. But one thing I do notice is my kids even say, we missed you at dinner. We thought about you at dinner. So it's something they realize. And if I'm not there, they pick up on it and they miss it. You know? Bro, there's so many valuable lessons at dinner. Like, like first of all, we exercise gratitude. Yeah. Right. And then we talk about what's one thing that you did really well today. Yeah. And then the follow-up question is, what's the one thing that you could have done better? But the ultimate question is, how did you help somebody today? Like, how did, how were you, how were you helpful to somebody? How'd you make someone's day? And to a point where, you know, when you're going through it to your, your point about, you don't miss many dinners. Um, I've been having to travel a lot lately and, you know, um, it was Monday when I was in California getting ready for the interview with, with B and I, and I realized I'm like, dude, it's like almost dinner in Florida and I'm missing it. Like I miss, I miss sitting down with my family. It's almost like, don't you fucking eat without me? Like <laughs> you better get a TV dinner, but no, it's just, it's it, dude. It, it's, it's the most important part of my day. And I have a lot of parts of my day that I feel are important, but you know, the, the, the time with my children at the dinner table, I mean, <laughs> or even the breakfast, yeah, you know, honestly, breakfast is even more fun. Yeah. You know, like 
they come downstairs excited to see you. They're just like smiling ear to ear. You know, you got a little girl, man, you know, and you have one son that's still, still a little bit small. And then you've got your boy who's going into a, he's a sophomore, but you know, my kids, all three of them are young, like nine, six and four. And they wake up and they're like, daddy, it's just great. That's the most funny. I miss that. Yeah, dude. It's good stuff. So the funny thing is, is like, you know, one one thing that we ask each other is like, what was the best part of your day? What was the highlight of your day? What was your your high? You know, mm-hmm. and they all go around, they tell me or whatever, you know, and then they all get to me. And the funny thing is, is my high is always the same thing. It's always mm-hmm. oh, 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 dad. Every time they say, they ask me, and they still ask me, and they say, oh, we already know. It's it's right now. It's being here with you guys. Yeah, you guys, and I'm like, that is. Yeah, that's it is. Happening. Doesn't matter how good a day I had in business, whatever happened, no matter how you know whatever they know, and that's genuine. That is, yeah. I, I've thought about it, and I've tried to think of things that better. But that's how much I love these kids and my family, and coming home and seeing them, how hard I work, and how little I still get time. Little, I feel like I work a lot, multiple companies, and I still feel like I don't get enough time with them. But what I've done to combat that has really been aware in the last few years i've grown a lot as a man as a person is i'm a lot lot more present with my time i used Mm -hmm. i used to i used to try to spend more time as far as quantity of time with them but now i spend much more quality time like yeah no distractions the phone's put away it's not even on me i'm not even worried about it and one thing i started doing is i started to try to with four kids it becomes difficult but i try to get my little nooks in after dinner where I spend 20, 30 minutes in the visual with each of my kids. I go to their room, mm. wherever they're at, and I get a little one-on-one time with that and have some meaningful conversations or really dig and talk to them and communicate with them. And um, they get that special one-on-one and it's even, it's only 20, 30 minutes, but that's yeah. everything to them coming from dad. I'm not there all day long. Mm. And I try to make a point of, they get, you know, cause when they're all together, it's distracting the four crazy kids, but with your kids, really make sure that, you know, and it's, it's become something as a parent of multiple kids. It's crazy. I get it. And it's hard yeah. to do. It's not like when it was you and one kid is, is give them that one-on-one time and really communicate with them. And you should know your kids, different personalities. They have different likes, really hone into what they like and talk to them what they like and, and let them know, like play to their personality and do that as a parent. Yeah job to know our kids and really play into that and and that's made a world of difference and that's been really in the last couple of years because i used to play that game where i'm here i'm here for two three hours i left work early but i'm on my phone and it's like i'm not really there yeah they they, they, they sense they it, know man. they sense it man and it's funny because you know my wife always tells me like you know to your point about uh quality versus quantity right like she goes sean our, our children just want like 10 20 minutes uninterrupted with yeah. you and then they're done. They're like, they're fucking over you. They're, they're off doing their own thing. Like, you know, it's much more impactful. Like if I were to go outside, throw the football with my son for 15 minutes, um, it's gonna be way more impactful than if I sit there and watch black Adam with them on the TV. Yeah. Although we do that as well. Like he wants to watch black Adam. We're gonna fucking watch that shit. We went you know, old school movies. I took him through all the old school Rockies. Oh man, classic movies, you know. I'm like, especially like these kids nowadays are like, What movie is that? I'm like, You guys gotta know the classics, you know? Yeah, Uh, but you guys, what's your favorite Rocky movie? I like them all. Your favorite, uh, I really like uh, the Drago, 
Yeah, four is my favorite too. Four. Like with hands down. Yeah, I like that one. I like the yeah. um, the last one too. I think with Tommy. Oh, oh five. Yeah. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Tommy. Uh, Machine Gun. Yeah. Tommy Gun. Yeah, that's a good one too. I. You know, three is amazing with Clubber Lane. Like that. Yeah. That's incredible. All. They're all good, man. Anyway. Anyway. They're all good. But listen, guys. Yeah. I want you guys listening to this to really realize this shit is fucking hard. This is very, very hard. There's nothing easy to this shit at all. I want you. I want to paint a picture for you. I've lost everything. I barely graduated high school. My kids add and spell better than me still to this day. Mm. I'm going to paint a picture for you. I lost everything as a father, as a husband. I failed. I've always been the sole provider back about 13 years ago, lost everything. Everything was repoed. Um, had nowhere to live 50 grand in credit card debt, 450 credit score. Nothing. I failed my wife. I failed. I had one baby at that time and I had another baby on the way. And my most important job is being a father, a husband, a provider. That's I take most pride in that. And I failed. And that chip has been in my shoulder for the last 13 years. And that, that fear, that fear and that chip motivates me every day to go just as hard today as I did when I had nothing, just as hard when I was building. Nothing's changed because I have that fear of going back and I never want to fear that, feel that again as a man. And I took 300 bucks and I built it into eight figures and I have multiple companies and I, and I work my ass off. I have four children. I have three companies. I work out two to three hours a day. I work at these companies. You think this shit is easy. Listen to what I just said. I do on a daily business at, at daily basis at 40 years old. This shit is fucking hard. It's not going to be easy. Everybody's saying it's easy. It's quick. It's going to take a long time. And you have to really make a decision within yourself and have that realization with yourself. You're going to have to put in a lot of work for a lot of years. And the main thing is doing shit you don't want to do, especially when you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Every single day. Every single day I start my day with two things I hate. Cardio, the stairs. Isn't that like that? Mm. I start my day at 5:30 a.m. in a freezing pitch black garage doing the stairs every day. And then I go to taking a shower and I take a I go from hot water to freezing cold water because I don't have a cold plunge for two minutes. So going from hot water to cold water and not just quick, but standing there for at least two minutes. And it's cold outside, it's winter. That's the day, that's the way I start my day every single day, Monday. Yes, still on Saturdays and Sundays. There's no well, compromise in that routine. It's funny because I, I hate to interrupt you, but I'm going back and forth with him, guys, uh, yesterday on voice memo on our, on our cell phones. And I could clearly tell he was on the stairs. I was. <laughs> it was and it's just like, and to do like when I, it, it didn't even register to me. Cause I'm like, I, I like have this perception that you live on those motherfuckers. Like I, like, you know, I, I know you. So I'm like, Oh, he's on the stairs again. All right. Fuck. Okay. But you know, I want to, I want to touch on something really quickly because I feel like there's been a lot of people, you know, whether it was, 
you know, the recession back in 07, 08 ish, where I lost everything too. my car got repoed. I had to short sell my house. Um, or, you know, when the, when COVID happened, the pandemic and everybody lost everything, you know, small businesses were forced to shut down. Gyms lost everything. Um, it, or, you know, or, or whatever. Now there's a big recession looming, right? We are in a recession and there's a lot of things going on. So my, my question to you, um, Walk the listeners through what it takes to understand and lean into your situation. Say, okay, I lost everything, but there's two choices there. You can sit in a pool of your own piss and continue to lose everything and not be a provider for your children and your family, or you can make a decision to choose differently. Walk them through um, some of the strategies that you went through mentally in order to, you know, to, to bring yourself where you're at right now out of 300 bucks. Well, one of the things and I always talk about, and, and I always go to this, and I believe this is the cornerstone, you've kind of already touched base on it, is fitness. Fitness has been my passion. Mm-hmm. Fitness has been my passion throughout my whole life. And fitness should be, honestly, fitness, working out, being healthy. The qualities that it takes to do that, especially at the level that I do, the consistency, the discipline, the dedication, the mm. qualities of that, you take those and apply those anywhere in life. So I've always had those qualities since I was 13 when I taught myself how to work out at 13 years old and I was a fat kid and I lost a bunch of weight. So I've always had it inside me. So when I went through that that loss, you know, because for me, my goal was always to have fancy cars. Like how do I drive a Lamborghini? How do I drive a Ferrari? How do I get there? And I lost everything and I had no other option. Like there's no option for me because I am the only option. There's no other option. I am the only option for my family, my wife, my children. Um, So for me, there's no option. You you fall down. I've got knocked the fuck down. Get up. That's fine. There's a loss. Like I thought, you're going to lose more than you win. Dust yourself off. Life goes on. Take that L. Swallow it. Learn from it. Okay. What did I learn from these lessons? What did I learn from? Okay, well, back then I was a dumbass. I I was making a hundred grand a month and I never had made money before. So I was spending money like a dumbass. And Mm -hmm. even though I had a wife and a new baby, I was uneducated. I didn't have anyone really teach me about that. I've never touched money like that before. Okay, there's a lesson. Be smart with your money, plan, strategize, you know, and that's things you have to go through as you age and as you learn experiences. so I just went back to the basics. I said, okay, I know I'm a salesman. I've always done sales since I was 15 years old, commission sales. I've always made six figures based on sales. And I always can fall back on my sales, my consistency, my disciplines, all my stuff that stems from fitness. I'm going back to that. So I went right back into sales and the fitness. I went back to my passion because I mm-hmm. chased, I left, never do this. And I, I, I experienced it. I left my passion for money. I went to chase mm-hmm. money. I left my passion. And when I did that, I lost everything because I hated doing what I was doing. There was no passion behind it. So what you have to do is figure out what you're passionate about. And if it's an easy way to monetize that, okay, but there's ways to monetize any passion you have. There's ways to figure out and monetize it. And if you do that, you'll be like me where I'm 10 years in, still working sometimes six, seven days a week, still working 12, 15 hour days. And I love it. Like mm-hmm. literally there's not a day 
that goes by that I don't love this because I'm doing my passion. And this life is not an accident. I created this life. So whatever you're doing right now, whether it's business, whether it's you're working a nine to five, you are controlling whether or not, like we talked about, you control every day, the, the outcome of your day, you control it up here. If you're not happy, if you're not doing something you're passionate about, well, who is that on? That's on you. Get another yeah, man. job, figure out another company, do something else because all you guys chasing or starting a business or doing something for the money, that's going to end because when shit gets hard or when it's, when it's drawn out or when you've been doing this shit for years, you're going to burn out. You're going to hate it. And when you hate something, you can't do it for the long, long haul. So yeah, yeah, man, like, dude, like that right there, finding your passion and finding a way for it, for you to turn it into a monetization situation, right? Profiting from your passion. Yes. You know, one, one, a couple more things I want to ask you because we're, we're, we're getting close down to where we got to land the plane here. But dude, how important is you, you've been very open about your mentors, right? And what they mean to you. And, and I want this to be burned in the forefront of everybody's mind after you say what you're going to say. There's a lot of people out there that seek mentorship that aren't willing to, like when it comes down to nut cutting time, they will not invest. They don't see the value. Oh, it's too much money. It's costing me this when it's really not costing them what they realize it's costing them everything, not the money. But how important is mentorship to you? Like how important are your mentors to you? I mean, it's everything, honestly, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. So for me and for anyone listening to this, you should be able to get from zero to right about seven figures. Realistically, you, you can do it. I did it. I did it just listening to Andy's podcast, the MF CEO. Mm -hmm. Andy and Ed are my two main mentors. And now they're personal friends with them. Um, I text them all the time. I'm personal friends with them. But that was built through, you know, I went from zero mentorship, zero anything to, okay, oh shit, I just built this business. I worked making nothing for five years, 50 hour days making zero dollars for five years. You hear that? <laughs> Almost losing it all, having to hustle on the side to keep my lights on so my family didn't kick, the, kick on the street again. But I wasn't going to let that happen because that little motherfucker on my shoulder, I told you, I did whatever I had to do to keep the lights on for five years. Then I hit that point, the tipping point, which you're always hit if you put in enough consistency, effort, pivot. You can't keep doing the same shit like a dumbass. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Doesn't don't keep doing the same shit. That's insanity. Mm -hmm. You have to pivot. You have to change. Figure out what works. It's not working. Let me change this. Let me change that. And keep pivoting and changing until you find what works. But it takes time. Um, then I'm like, oh shit, I, I have a seven figure company, and I'm a dumbass. Frankly. <laughs> I mean, I own what I am. I'm not the sharpest tool. Yeah, I have a lot I'm of with good you. qualities. I have a lot of good qualities. Like I told you, those qualities are I'll work harder than you. I'll work yep. harder, longer than you. I'll do shit I don't want to do more than you. That Those are good qualities. You can build seven figures on those qualities, obviously. Shit, yeah. So that's what I am strong at. What I'm not strong at is systems, process, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm still not that good at them, to be honest, because I'm real as fuck. Like, I, I don't like them. That's why I'm not good. Yeah. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Things you don't like, to be real. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, now it's time to invest in myself. And I went from not investing myself to here's 50 grand for the Arte syndicate. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys are scared to spend, you know, 
couple grand on a mentor or coach. It's everything. Learn from someone that's been through. But here's the thing. When you're learning from someone, learn from someone you resonate with. Learn from someone that's actually building real businesses, doing real things, to have real things to show for it. You know, not these fake motherfuckers out there preaching it's easy, it's fast. Do it like I did, regurgitating information from other people when you haven't built any real company yourself, dude. Your company is scamming people out of money, regurgitating books you've read. That's not someone yeah. to learn from. Learn from someone you resonate from, someone with the life that you want to live, doing what you want to do, that you can kind of look up to and see yourself within. That's the best mentor to have, someone you can see yourself within. And you, you just it, basically, it's, it's, I wish I would have done it earlier because if I could have skipped, here's the thing there is priceless. It's priceless to, you know, you have to go through this. You have to go through the steps. You have to go through the experience, but also be smart. If you can learn from someone that's already gone through the steps, cut down all that time, all that experience. If I could have, if I could have skipped the four years and learned what I learned through the experiences, of course I would have done that. That's smart. That, no that, doubt, that's man. a smart thing to do, right? So right. find somebody, like I said, you resonate with, has the values that you have, is the kind of man or woman you want to be that actually has things you want to do in the kind of industry that resonates with your industry as well. That's the smartest way to, to be right. Um, even though mindset's everything though. So like my coaching, I do a lot of mindset stuff and I don't care who you are, what industry you're in, as you know, Sean, this yep. controls everything and will lead to success. Everything. And that's one reason why I've been successful because my mind has always been one of my strongest things. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just, that leads to success in all areas. So Yes, hire that coach. Yeah, I mean, if I don't care if it's the last $1,500 you have, I have so many people that I've had do that. And then, you know, it, it pays itself back 10, 20, 100x. You know what I mean? You And just what you get out of it. But here's the thing. It's on you to implement it. Mm -hmm. You can't go to mm -hmm. these events. You can't join these groups. You can't hire these coaches. We're not going to do the work for you. It's still no, like, that's where people it's still rely people get... on you. Yeah, it's still on you. It's on you to get up every day and make that decision. And like I said, it's not it, it's it's not a magic pill. It's not a magic formula. Yes, it's okay. I've done this. This is what I've done. This is what you should have done. Are you gonna fucking do it? I can't control that. Yeah, man, that's the biggest thing about you know mentorship and 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 the mentees, right? Mentees can use mentorship as a crutch and yeah. put the results. Of or the lack of results on the actual mentor. And the reality is the, the coach's job is not to do the work for you. It's to point you in the right direction and let you know where the landmines are so you don't fucking step on them. That's and, and that's and what mentorship is. And hold you accountable. There's got to be accountability. Yeah. There. That's half the battle. But in the end of the day, you got to do the work yourself. And I've dealt with that. Spot on, brother. And you'll deal with it as you grow in, in your mentor and your coaching business. It, you know, and you, like I said, that's why you got to have a, a canon talk up front. But guys, Hire that coach, hire that mentor. I love it, brother. So eloquently put, as always. Um, listen, man, uh, where can my audience find you? And how can they how can they connect with you? And possibly how could they work with you? So uh at till you collapse at till you collapse, T-I-L-Y-O-U collapse is my clothing apparel brand. That's my main company. Uh, and then my main, my personal Instagram is at Brian Nabavi, just my first and last name. I have a lot of fake accounts, so just make sure it's the one where my actual first and last name is together, spelled correctly. There's no underspaces or no, don't, 
there's no multiple letters and I'm sure you'll have my name on it spelled just how yeah I'll, I'll there'll be links in the show notes for them just to click on and my three main companies are apparel fitness apparels till you collapse uh mentor coach uh fitness mindset business and then i'm in the mushroom industry as far as psilocybin and and that whole thing so yes he does the microdosing thing a funny side note before i let you guys roll you know i i may or may not have purchased some whatever it's called from him before and i had like one or two of them uh maybe it was like one and a half so let's split the middle and everything was fine i was having a conversation and I just felt like, oh my God, I feel like a fucking cross between Fergie and Jesus, just like in Step Brothers, right? And then as soon as, as soon as the conversation was done, I was like, fuck this. I'm like, I'm like all hot and shit. And I'm like, like trembling. I'm like, I need to go to bed. Fuck this. Never, never again. Oh, man. But no, dude, I listen, man, I appreciate your friendship and I appreciate you once again, hopping on. And if there's anything I could do to ever support you and, you know, promote you and, and just be there for you, you, you've got the cell number, dude. I'm, I'm all ears. Yeah. We're going to be in person pretty soon. Can't wait, bro. We got to do that. We need to, we need to freaking work it out. It really sucks that, you know, you were so far away from where I was at in uh, California about a week ago, but. If you uh, well, here, I, I do a thing called podcast and pump. Anybody that comes on my podcast, we, we, we record a podcast, we get a little workout in and we get recorded dude. obviously from both of it. So that'd be dope, bro. That'd be dope. Um, I'm trying to actually work out a trip up to NorCal, um, this summer, um, because obviously all my family's there and I haven't been to NorCal since 2017. Oh, sorry. 20, you know, 2007. My bad. Like, oh, shit, bro, I haven't been home dude. Dang. Avoiding that shit like the plague. <laughs> but uh yeah, dude, we'll have to get up for sure. Um, we could talk offline and you know figure out how we're gonna work this thing out. But I would love to come record a show on uh Till You Collapse podcast. As you, I love your podcast and you know that. I shout you out from time to time and that's really good. And and then yeah, maybe I can, you know, get in a weight room with you and do you have like the little weights, like the fifteens for me? Okay. Little bitch weights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I have enough time. I have enough time by the time I get there. I'll, I'll have a pump on me. So that's on you. Yeah. Fucking damn right. It is right. Start eating that protein. That's the bro. I'm already like 130 grams down today. Already. Oh, bro. I'm on. It's you better fucking, you better go eat that cow. I had my mushroom and some water. Oh Jesus, dude! You fucking fasting? What time is it? Oh, it's eleven there, right? Here. Ah oh, shit, man. Well, listen, dude. I God Almighty, get your damn protein, dude, man. But listen, guys, I just want to um, remind you to, if you aren't already subscribed to the show, hit subscribe and leave an actual comment review with a five star rating. If it was good, if it sucks, you leave a one. But you know, I don't think it sucked. Instagram. Tag us. We're going to both promote this show. If you hit me up, I'll repost you. Everyone's going to get to see you. Do it. Let's do it, man. All right, guys. Until next time, you guys take care and get your asses to work. Peace.